The Dad Ass Podcast. Subpar, mediocre at best. Podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. One drink and one conversation at a time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dad Ass Podcast, the completely unscripted, unconventional podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. Me, I'm Matt, just a dude who created a podcast to call himself no, Dad Ass. I'm a dude. You are a dude. It's true. And I was I was going to say, you know, I had this whole thing planned to introduce you, but I'm going to just stop right there. Hello, yeah. sir. How are you? How are you? <laughs> it's unscripted. You probably really did have a really clever way of saying hi. And <laughs> I had such a nice put down for or build you up type comment. It's great. Aww, that was so sweet of you. I don't know what yeah. it was, but I'm sure it was very sweet. Um, I'm just saying that this podcast isn't big, big enough for two of us to be dudes. Ooh, fair point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're just a guy who created a podcast to call himself a dad ass. It's true, but I'm still not going to say the introduction that I was going to have for you. Well, now I'm curious. No, I can't. We're going to leave you hanging and anyone else that cares about what you know. I would or would not have said. You know what's really cool, though? What? You said we can't have two dudes, but today we have two dudes that we're recording with. That's true. We do. We do. We do. And that's that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Not only dudes though, um, authors, illustrators, like this is this is uh, this is cool stuff. So be, before before we get into the actual introduction, you, oh wait, you hold on though. Almost- I want I, I do want to explain to you. So just so you know, Matt, because I know you're not so good with the words and the smarts and stuff. Authors are people who actually make they write the words of the book, and the illustrator is the person who draws the Got pictures. Got it. And see, okay. and I, I was going to say, since you're almost like a doctor, you read a lot of books, and the only books that I read are kids' books. Uh, so this yeah. is right in my wheelhouse. This is you, man. You have trained for this your whole life. The 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 best part too, books with pictures have my attention. And less words for you to read. <laughs> Although, I want to point out, though, um, and we're going to get into this, you really should pay attention to the words in this book, as well as the illustrations. But there's some really good stuff. Um, it, it, so, you know, this feels awkward. They're, like, staring at us, looking at us as we're talking about them. Um, who we got? Who are we going to dive in with today? We- we have uh, two amazing guys that, that we met through the, the, the interwebs, the deep, deep dark web. We have Casey and Alex. They are um, a tag team illustrator, author who have done numerous uh, children books. They're right here in the Columbus area. We are super duper excited to not only have them on today, but to be talking about one of their, their most special books, Cora and the Moon. Um, gentlemen, we are stoked to have you here on the Deadass Podcast. How are you, you today? You could say over the moon. <laughs> Ooh, I missed an opportunity. That's great. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Have you? Are you regretting it yet? Are you like, oh, this was a bad choice? Nothing too cringeworthy. We're good. It's still early, Casey. <laughs> There's still a chance. the The funny thing I have to say, though, just right off the bat, I went to college and was in a fraternity with an Alex Clark. Shut up. So when I first got an email, did you think I, it was like him? I didn't think it was real. Because I was like, there's no way that Alex I know 
is an illustrator or an author or has kids. <laughs> well, he could have kids. I, I don't know. <laughs> and so I'm just so glad to know that there is an actual Alex on the other end that is not this guy and a Casey on the other end. So thank you, gentlemen, for being here on the podcast with us today. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, it's weird. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. Never met another Alex until I got to college. Turns out that Alex Clark is a very common name. Really? Yeah. If you look up Alex Clark on the internet, you're going to find ventriloquists, illustrators, magicians, um, like old governors from states back in the 40s. Like I had to really put an M in the middle of my Alex Clark just so I could differentiate myself from all the other millions of Alex Clarks. I have to ask this then, since you've done the deep dive in your name, have you ever done, because I'm late, I'm four years too late on this trend. Have you ever done like your name and your birthday for Florida in a Google search? Oh my gosh, I have, but I can't remember what it was. The Florida man game is the best. Right? Yes. Uh, That's right. Florida. I've never done my name though. Never tried that. I've only ever just picked a date and then Florida man. Oh, well, I think I did that one accidentally because when someone was Googling me to try and you know, find writing services, they came across a wrestler named Casey Bowers. And sure enough, they were from, they were from Florida. So I'm like, nope, I'm not that Casey Bowers, but that's good to know. And and just to be clear, you've never you've never wrestled, right? Not professionally. Not professionally. <laughs> right. Not professionally. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I just I just I just want to make sure because I don't want Jello. anyone. To, yeah. Maybe Jello, like a dare in a bar one night, but that's about it. And <laughs> I'm interested to know what the book title would be of that one, but we'll 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 do that in another episode. <laughs> <laughs> so our first question is we gave you the we gave you the warning that Sean is a jerk and will ruin this. We have two guys. What are what are your two dad jokes? After you. Okay. I'm not sure if it qualifies as a dad joke, but my kids always say that it's it's the worst one. And that's whenever we're in the car or at home and I've got the stereo up too loud and they're like, Dad, turn it down. I, and we say it won't go up or it won't go up any higher. So oh, I love it. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's perfect because I've had the same thing where we're with a two and a half year old. We need to hear the same song 18 times in a row. Oh. And he'll always tell me to stop singing. And I'll always yell back. What? You want it louder? So I'm down <laughs> with that. Casey. I'm totally down. You're cool. <laughs> All right. What, what's what, what, what do you got? I just come from a long line of like, pull my finger guys, like no joke, like, both sides. <laughs> like, Hey, how's it going? And then my grandpa back in the day would just be like, Hey, come here, pull my finger. And I would do it. And then he'd fart. So, I mean, just, that's kind of a, but, but joke. can you like on con on cue? No, yeah. but my grandpa could, but, but you're uncertain, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like my curiosity is peace. I, I kind of want to know her like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make some sounds. Yeah, I'd be, I it. I'd be too scared that if I tried to have someone pull my finger, yeah. I'd poop myself. Yeah, you know, 
<laughs> once it happens to you once, you know, you never that you never you never forget that feeling and you, you get gun shy about the whole thing, you know, and that's when the joke's not funny anymore. You know, that's when you need to pens. Right. So <laughs> like now we just have a mess in our pants and that's not yeah. good. We've all been there as dads. We know what that's like. So you don't want that as in a 45 year old man. Yeah, you reach out where you can guess a fart, you know. So, no. right. Yeah, you, you're never. Somebody has a line that says like, "Never trust a fart." And I, you know, the older I get, the more I understand why that is true. Like also, I, I also understand why, um, even as a small child and now into an adulthood, um, fart jokes are still just funny. I don't know. I I don't think that I don't think you outgrow that. No, I don't think any guy honestly outgrows the wisdom of childhood, like farts and. I was going to say something probably inappropriate, but like, you know, <laughs> and snot and everything disgusting. Like we're all children. We're all boys. Yeah. yeah for, I actually remember, I don't know, this memory just literally popped into my head. Um, this has been years. This was probably 12 years ago. My wife and I were 10 years ago. My wife and I were dating and uh, she lived in an apartment complex off a of sawmill parkway. And I think the place is now closed, but there used to be a place called sawmill athletic club. Mm-hmm. And um, her apartment complex didn't have a gym, but she got like a free membership to Sawmill Athletic Club. So um, we were dating. I was like, you know, trying to impress her and like do things with her. So I, of course, paid for a membership to Sawmill Athletic Club. Um, and we went to a yoga class one time and and some woman probably like maybe early 70s we're doing happy baby those of you that are not familiar with said pose you lay on your back you have your legs kind of like spread a little bit and you you grab your toes right and so you're supposed to look like a happy little baby and this lady just (laughs) rips one like loud (laughs) and i can't help it i start giggling like a little boy like and then there's like two other guys that are like down the way from me. They just start laughing. Like it, it was terrible. I kind of felt bad. You know, I wasn't trying to like embarrass anybody, but it was just funny. It was funny. Like I, you know, and then you ever get like the giggles where then you just can't, you can't stop. Right. That's where I was at. It just, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't let go. Right. You're trying to find your inner peace as people are stretching. And then some old lady, God bless her toots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. I actually appreciate that you just dropped a toot on the dead ass part uh, podcast. So thank yeah. you. That's what we uh, say here, here in the uh, Lofi household toots. Oh, nice. Yes. Maybe that should be the name of the episode. Right. Tooting around with Casey and Alex. <laughs> I love it. Uh, now, how, how, how do you two know each other? How, how did your, your partnership, your friendship, everything start? Let's just start kind of from the beginning before we start getting into um, working together, your books, everything. Sure. Uh, we'll work together uh, in marketing and he got picked for an illustration project and I saw his work like, Oh, that's really cool. And I had this idea for uh, my first children's book and I just, I sat on it. It was one of those things where I, uh, I did bad thumbnails and, you know, it was, it was, it was really horrible, but it was an idea. And I was like, Oh, maybe there's something here. I put my backpack and just like let it sit for a year. And he had left, but we'd become uh, good friends. That time. Yeah. 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 So I, I left where we were working. So Casey copywriter, I was a, 
senior graphic designer at the time. Um, so yeah, we worked together for probably not very long, probably about six months. And I left and it's like ships in the night. And yeah, he came to me and said, Hey, I have a question. And nice thing is, is we live pretty close to each other, like no more than 20 minutes away. So we got together for coffee because we're both coffee snobs. And he had this idea with these awful, awful illustration like doodles. And I was like, good Lord. <laughs> um, but the concept was pretty sound. So we were like, let's make a book. Let's do this. So that was our first book um, together when I grow up. So it's an interactive children's book where you can actually put pictures of your kids in the back of the book. And then you can see them in like kind of cool careers. So yeah, really cool idea. And we did that. And so we're still selling it at like events and stuff today, but that was a uh, 2018, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we basically got the, the ball rolling and I just, I think I'd already written most of uh, core in the moon. Yep. And I was like, Hey, you want to get to work on uh illustrating the next one yeah, number two <laughs> yeah so that's such a uh, a cool concept though to be able to have a book where you put your kids face in there and be able to see it on on every page that's that's super cool yeah oh, yeah yeah well i i have three kids so i wanted whoever i was telling the story to or who was reading the story to be able to see themselves in it and it was kind of inspired by these uh these story dreams that i would make up for my uh my youngest son he would try to stall at night you know a little longer, didn't want to go to bed right away. You see, you say, daddy, daddy, what am I going to dream about tonight? And so I'd make up all these different dreams about what he was going to do in his dreams. And the ones that he liked the most were the ones where he was in a career doing something. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. This may be something. So then I wrote it down and the rest is history. Now, I, I, have, I have two questions for you. One, did you ever leave? Because you have multiple kids, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever leave the, the wrong face? like the wrong picture in there and then read to like a different kid of yours. And then all of a sudden like, no, that's, that's not me, dad. <laughs> no, uh, no, thankfully that I didn't have to worry about that. No. Now here's, here's my, my other question. We have a two and a half year old at home. We've transitioned to the car bed. He's starting to do a little bit better, but we are stalling a <laughs> lot. What what kind of tip can you pass down to me or to any other parents listening to try and 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 stop or or evolve that that you know stalling game? I'm just curious if you have any any wisdom there or tricks. You have the wisdom. I just mean tricks. I'm sorry. What are you trying to stall? Are you trying to stall them getting older? Are you trying to stall them from running out of the room after eight o'clock at night? I just mean I don't want to read a fifth book and sing Peace <laughs> on Earth a fifteenth oh, time. So he's stalling. So you yeah, want to know how to get oh, him to stop okay. stalling. So gotcha. I, I thought you were saying your kids were stalling going to sleep. My bad. I took it in a different sense. No, no, no. Yes. I think that's I think I understood. That's what you're saying, right? Do you want to know how bad this stalling gets? He likes to hear Peace on Earth because one of his grandmas um oh. sang him Peace on Earth to Did get she? him to cal calm down. No, um, my mother in law, Joanne. And so one night, because he knows that I love like ska and reggae music, I sing him a ska version of Peace on Earth. Like I sing it. I made it up. So now he wants to sound like I'm, just, you know, I'm not. I have not I had feel like everyone wants to know. And I have you know, not had enough you. bourbon yet to do that. <laughs> but let me just state for the record. 
He goes, Daddy, what is that? Because he was so like appalled at the beginning. I go, buddy, that's called a scalabi. <laughs> and so now a kid who can't say scalabi will go, scalabi. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go like 15 renditions of the regular one and then a scalabi. We've already read books. So I got to come back to the question. You guys have preteens and teens. What the hell can we do to get kids to not stall before bed? I don't think we ever we ever did. It was I mean there were some nights where we sure we'd uh, we'd get annoyed, but um, both my wife and I have a wonderful love of of reading and nurturing that love of reading. And so if it was you know daddy daddy one more you know mommy mommy one more we'd we'd keep going and you know until the the eyes started to. But I will say one thing that that routine, that structure was so important. And I didn't realize how important it was until my first kid came along and my wife was like, you know, no, no, this is, we, we have to, they've got to be in 7.30 or, you know, whatever it was. So I think because we started earlier, like, oh, it's bedtime at 7.30, but they don't actually go to bed until like nine o'clock. Still, you have that, you know, that buffer so that we know they're going to be passed out by, by this time. So I think by starting that process earlier, you know, it didn't matter if they stalled 15 minutes because it was 15 minutes at, you know, from that point. Well, and I think, you know, obviously I know you love your time with your kiddo, but um, the thing, um, just to point out to you or anyone else that might be listening too, um, I think that's one of those moments that you'll never get back. Like, once they're out of that phase, like... You know, you're never gonna get the like one more, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't have teenage, I don't, have, I don't have human children, but um, you know. we still get it now. But now it shows. Now it's like one more office, one more friends, you know, <laughs> one yeah. more Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> yeah, See, my kids want nothing to do with me anymore. They're like so done with dad. So I have a friend that I work with, and I always tell him, "Oh my God, cherish those moments with your two and your four year old, because at some point in time, they lock themselves in their room." They yell and scream playing video games at the top of their lungs, and they only come down for food and soda pop. That's about it. So cherish those moments when they're young because they do end eventually. I got I got shut out of his bedroom. We were <laughs> during nap time, two and a half. No, well, he's almost three. And he was so mad. He shut the door. And I was like, you do not do that until you're at least six. (laughs) Like a random age, six. But then the same week, right? Because we're in the the race car bed phase. He had me lay with him in bed. I shouldn't say that. I had the, the privilege of laying in bed with him to try and get him to calm down to go to sleep for the night. And I was rubbing his back. And then when I was done, he didn't like me so close. So I rolled over so then he could spread out a little bit more and then be up against my back. Next thing I know, I have a hand scratching my my back. Oh, I started to tear up like a grown man, like a grown ass man. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be done in like three more months. And he's going to hate me. Yeah, Uh, got right in the heart. Yeah, Yeah. it feels. Yeah. Eventually, they really do not want to hang out with you anymore unless uh, you need to go to the store to pick up something. I'm teaching them how to drive. Like, my eldest is driving. What's that like? 
Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. The, my youngest, he's turning 16 in November. So it's like, can we go, can we go drive? They're all taller than me too. That's the other thing is they're all taller than me and they have deeper voices. So they're just like, Hey, can we go driving today? Um, so my nephew, not, not that old yet. Um, to dr- he's not quite to the drive. He's getting close. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, my wife and I were like, Hey, let's, let's just take a, my niece and nephew were over. And I was like, we were like, let's take a selfie with a Polaroid. I'm going to add, um, oh. cause I bought my wife a Polaroid for her birthday. Um, and he looked at me and he was like, uh, uncle Sean. I was like, yeah. He was like, I should probably take it. And I was like, why? He was like, cause my arms are longer. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even argue that you're right, man. He's got a wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was, a, it was a tough blow, but you know, here we are. So now I, I have to ask both of you bef- before we get too far into this, where, where did your, the story for Cora and the moon, where, where did that come about before we jump deep into, um, your actual book and the amazing artwork that goes with the oh, wait, beautiful can I pause? written story. Can I pause you? Yeah. Sure. We didn't, we didn't ask what they were drinking. Uh, I don't want to forget. Yeah, we did. Perfect. What are you guys Perfect. drinking? Irish mule. An Irish oh. mule. So is that Irish whiskey and, um, uh, you know, uh, what you call ginger it? Beer. Ginger beer. All right. Casey's a he's a full Irish living breathing guy, so he's he lives his heritage. I'm a I'm a Guinness man by heart, but I, I love all alcoholic beverages like like most. So, all right, all right. And Alex, what about you? Uh, I'm drinking a High West Double Rye Old Fashioned. Nice. nice. Right. Okay. I, I respect both of those. Uh, Matt, you got? Do you have a drink tonight? I did. Um, it was. <laughs> it was delicious. It, it was great. It was uh, bourbon with lemonade because. Oh I yeah, like, that's that's your go-to, right? But the the appetizer to that was a beer that I am just obsessed with. I'm over the moon with, and it is Mango Madness from Zaftig. Oh. Five hundred pounds of mango puree mixed with an ale, and it pu- uh, it punches at six point five percent. Okay. okay. It's wow. funny that um that you're that you, that's what you had before because I'm actually drinking um from Fox River Brewing Company which is uh out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um Gorilla Mango Rum Barrel Beer. Whoa, double mango. That sounds fun. Yeah. Oh. Um and this one um has been aged in rum barrels and is sitting at 7%. Um, but this was a, a beer that actually my dad and I picked up on our, um, trip a year ago. Um, so I think this is the last of it finally. Oh, that's cool. That's you a seem good like story. You savor, you, do you savor your alcohol? I can't seem to keep it on the shelf. I have a problem. Apparently. Um, uh, it's called teenagers. Yeah. Savor <laughs> is a, is one way to put it. Um, collector is another way to put it. Hoarder might be another better description of what's happening there um i i just have a lot i don't have any kids so um i have a lot and so i don't run as quickly because i have so many to choose from 
if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, and like I find myself like looking at them, I'm like, oh man, like I gotta hold on. To, like I don't know, like I treat them like they're my children, like the small children, not the teenage children. They're the teenage children. I'd like probably throw them across the room, but uh, no, like you know, like the sweet three year old who rubs my back on the. Yes. Bring one man tear down the side of your face. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, gentlemen, tell tell us kind of the backstory about Cora and the moon. Sure. Well, first, my daughter's name is Cora. So I was completely uh, inspired by her. And we have a bedtime routine that continued probably, I would say, for, for a good year where we looked at pictures of the moon on my phone while I was in bed with her uh, and we'd play the moon song while we looked at pictures of the moon and the moon song was Claire de Lune. The oh, yeah. and, and that's how, that was the last thing we would do. Like she would fall asleep to that song and, you know, and I just, uh, it, I was reading a lot of children's books at the time and it popped in my head that, you know, this, uh, this was like a traditional Mm-hmm. Uh, bedtime bedtime story, story. Yeah, yeah exactly so the the one um thing that that i absolutely love about this well first off before i get into what i love the the what uh, i have it pulled up right here so this would be i think like the first page with actual text on it it reminds me of and i hope you don't take offense to this but was it um funky uh what comic book hold on funky cole medina no winker bean that's right thank you when i first saw it i was like oh it reminds me of that i don't know were you were you going for that i i mean that like as a compliment because that's like the only comic i remember reading like as a kid oh no i mean i take all things as a compliment um no so it's weird yeah we were I did so many like character designs of Cora. And at the end of the day, I kind of went back to, so Cora, the real Cora, she loves to dance. And so my thought was like, give her some hair that kind of felt like it was up in a bun and give her like a kind of like a tutu kind of dress and things like that. But yeah, as I was illustrating it, she kind of evolved as we went along, but um, I appreciate that uh, funky winker bean comment. Yeah. And when I first saw that, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I talked over you. Say that again, Casey. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I'm now I'm picturing the dad from that comic, the fucking. <laughs> so, um, I, I also have a, a question about um, some of the illustration, actually. So, um, one of the things I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a school counselor by trade, and um, I pay really particular attention to um, representation and, um, you know, I really love that there is a diverse set of characters um, in the book, and I, I really, really appreciate that. That was one of the things I, I looked for. And um, so, if anyone is, you know, kind of listening, this is one of those books. And and um, but my question is: is is there any character? We know it's not Cora. I mean, Cora is based off of someone. Do any of your children appear? in illustrated form in the book uh it's weird no after i did the whole thing i kind of thought i wonder if i should have put one of my kids in here but i totally did not i was just like trying to make sure there was you know a nice well-rounded um group of kids 
um, from various ages, um, diversities, that kind of thing. Cause obviously, you know, Cora goes up to the moon and she gets to meet a bunch of new friends that also were taken to the moon for a midnight adventure. And I just want to make sure that, um, you know, everyone felt like represented and same thing with our, when I grew up or when I grow up book, when I illustrated that we wanted it to feel, um, kind of agnostic of gender. There's a couple, a couple careers that feel a little bit more manly because people are in suits or things like that. But yeah, that was something that we, we definitely talked about a lot was like, we want this to be careers that it could be for anyone male or female. And the same thing with core, we want it to feel as diverse as humanly possible. Yeah. yeah. I will say there's one uh, um, page in there where I'm, I think on a subconscious level, yeah. you put a certain late night talk show host. Oh, did you see the one that looked like Conan? Yes. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I, I want to see if I can figure out where. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. It's the one where they're all eating all the treats at the table. He's like smack dab in the middle. <laughs> Oh, yep, he sure is. Yeah. He's at a ba- is he at the back table? Yeah. Yep. The, the back red table. Yeah. Oh, that is. So I'm assuming you, you're a fan of Conan? I mean, I am. I don't remember doing that purposefully. So again, I think Casey's <laughs> right. It must have been subconscious on some emotional level. So, um, Casey, so how much of these stories are from stories that you've told your kids? Like the people that she meets and, you know, the, the, the sort of like mini stories within the, the, the larger experience of it. There are none that are specifically uh, the stories that I've, I've told them. They're just all like mini inspirations, you know. Um, I, I think, I mean, even just the, the moon, like we say the, the maiden in the moon. And that came from a little inside joke that, uh, that, that me and my, my kids had, um, it was somewhat related to Monty Python, but not really. It's like I said, inside joke doesn't really help to explain it or anything, but <laughs> so yeah, there's all kinds of like little, you know, little weird things in there that I know where they come. I know where they come from and my kids know where they come from, but otherwise, uh, it's not like a certain incident or. Okay. Well, the one that, the reason I ask is the one that caught my eye was the, uh, the puppy, the, the fluffy cloud pup. Um, sure. And so I was like, I wonder if like, there was like a, a phase where there was a story about the, the fluffy cloud pup uh, during bedtime or, or any of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very possible. I will say that along with, all the inspiration and wonderful uh, time that was. I was also very sleep deprived because I had three kids under three. So, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oof. You're a champ. <laughs> I, it was. My, my favorite page, um, illustration-wise, is looking over, Cora is on a cloud, looking over what I'm, I'm assuming is the Hudson River and New York City, or is that just a made-up city, or is that a city that I'm just too dumb to to pick out? That is my favorite page. There's something about it that one makes me want to travel, and two makes me want to be in a cloud. Yeah, 
So it's definitely a made up city. I kind of looked at some inspiration from, you know, New York and other places like that. But when Casey wrote this, I remember thinking, okay, I got one spread and it says mountains, hills, plains, cars, boats, trains. And I was like, what the (laughs) heck am I supposed to draw in here? So that's where I kind of like sketched and sketched and sketched and got to a good place where I felt like, okay, chorus floating from her house up into the sky. And she, you know, if you're from the, if you're from the suburbs, you fly over the top of Columbus, you're going to be mesmerized at nighttime with everything lit up. So I was kind of going for like Columbus, but it's definitely a made up city. Um, But I was trying to make it feel, I don't know, part of it feels kind of like, like Colorado, like Denver, you know, with the mountains in the background. Yeah. So, Oh, go ahead, Matt. There are two thoughts that come to mind. One, the perfect representation of plains, hills, mountains, city is Zootopia. Because <laughs> I've yep. watched that like eight times in the last like six months, uh, six weeks. But I think Columbus would be the coolest city in the country if we had mountains right around the city, right around the city. And right. that's that was my initial thought when I saw this because I was like, at first I was like, okay, Hudson River, New York, and then I was like, no, this should be Columbus with mountains. Yes. So you you got you said something, and I'm just curious because I've never I've never actually had the opportunity to ask this. So how does that work between the two of you in terms of like the book coming to life? Like it sounded like you kind of. Uh, Casey, you gave Alex some notes or like, like walk us through like real briefly, like how does that work with creating the book? Oh, sure. Um, well, when we got past uh, character development, like it, when we realized, okay, this is Cora mm-hmm. and all the interior spreads started to come together. Like, okay, this is the, this is this scene. This is where she, you know, floats up on the, on the cloud or whatever. Um, he would just, Alex would just draw like with thumbnails, very rough sketches. And he would Much have, better than your thumbnails though. I, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe like three or four, um, at, in the least. And like, I'd be like, okay, definitely number one, right. you know, th- th- this nails it. This is the right perspective. This is, you know, or sometimes it'd be like, no, this is great. I just think she needs to be a little bit more expressive because this is the, you know, we really need to play up, uh, you know, this part of her personality here or. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. In normal traditional publishing, the authors and the illustrators don't talk. I'll be really honest with you. There's the agent and the publisher who are the middle man, middle people uh, between the author and illustrator. So a company will buy a manuscript and then they pick an illustrator that they think is actually going to market the book better. So it's nice because we've known each other for so long. It's a really good working collaboration. And so I would be like, Hey, so I thought on this one, what if, you know, on the last one went in the bed, I was like, what if her stuffed animal in the bed tied back to the dog? from the thing and so he was like oh yeah 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 yeah." or what if in her bedroom i put like a silhouette of a dancing girl or something like that it's like yeah so there's a lot of those moments where casey wrote the words and brought the story to life but then i had to visualize like what does her neighborhood look like at about 50 to 60 feet in the air on a cloud or what does this look like when you're on the moon and you're on a playground so there's a lot of 
you know, ideation and sketching around like, well, what the heck does this even look like? So yeah. a lot of fun, good challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's great about Alex because as an illustrator, he just, he does a thing with children's books that every single one of my favorite children's book uh, growing up and reading to my kids, we would see in the illustrations where there was like, there was hidden stuff in there, you know, like, where it's like, Oh, this is like, look, that's, that's this from, from this page or remember this, that, this rhyme scheme that, you know, this, this train was mentioned or something there that is in the picture or, you know, there was a, there was more to the story. So if the kid's not paying attention or, or if you're just listening and you're looking at the pictures, be like, Oh, wow, look at that. So there was like a lot of those little, little tiny awesome moments. I I think that's embedded in there. I will say this though. uh, I got death threats while he was working on the illustrations, Um, especially the, uh, that's the cityscape that everyone seems to love because I would, I would get, I would get text hate. Yeah. Hate text and everything yeah. in the middle of the night. That was a lot of lines, a lot of nights. So I, I think I got Dr. Bill for his uh, carpal tunnel. <laughs> you know? There's so. a thing that they call <laughs> illustration of children's books, like a page turn. So like, if you start thinking about when you're reading books to your kids, you will be like going through like two or three pages. All of a sudden you, you turn that page and there's this image that is a full spread that just kicks you right in the face. It's just like, Oh my gosh. And every time we get to that page, when people are looking at it, they're like, Oh, oh it's so gorgeous. And I'm like, thanks. Like, you know, it took me a long time, but it was just a tricky, it was a tricky spread to figure out. How many hours? Oh, I don't even know. This whole thing took years to make <laughs> years to pay. It took Casey probably a, cu- a couple of weeks to write. And it took me like two years to illustrate. That sounds right. Wow. Yeah. So it, this is like a, I mean, that's a commitment there on, on both of your ends in that like open line of communication. You know, I it totally makes sense, actually, as you explain how it normally works. But I think it's really cool that um, the way you guys are doing it is different because it does yield this, you know, unique, like those little like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like Easter eggs, right? Like the little things that you're sort of describing. Um yeah, that's awesome. So, um, my next question is: Will Cora have other adventures? Like, will Cora be like? Is there something you don't have to, you know, elaborate or anything? Or is Cora a one-off character, and you'll focus on other things? Or have you not decided that yet? I'm, you know, where are you guys at with that? It's tricky. Life keeps getting in the way, but at the same time, we have thought about Cora. Casey, you've actually written. The sequel to Korra. Right, I have. Yes, he has. I just suck and haven't drawn it yet. Um, So we got to publish. All a cityscape. She's floating right. over <laughs> thousands of cities. <laughs> Two page spreads. I believe it's, is it in the jungle or something? No. Where was it? Uh, the ocean. The ocean. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's interesting is our first book that we did together, we self-published, like we did it through Kickstarter and it was a really big success and we had a lot of fun with it. The second one, Cora, we were going to do a Kickstarter and then at the very last minute, a small indie publisher came out of the woodwork and was like, hey, we really want to publish Cora. And we were like, oh, great, fantastic. So we are still working with Gen Z Publishing, our publisher, and we're hoping that if this thing becomes a big enough success that they will kind of green light the next um, chapter in Cora's life. All right. If, if you look for something, cause you're talking about careers and everything in terms of, of Cora, um, a spinoff 
a man-child version of that man with a beard and bald, kind of looking like a bearded like child Buddha. And then <laughs> me, stunning Prince Charming, but like three years old, doing a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, I, that I could think, be fun. I think there's a market here for it. Um, it could be. And I think we want to live in a city. Lots of tiny lines. <laughs> Lots of lines. But a city yeah. under underwater. Yeah. Underwater. Yeah, yeah, like Atlantis. Yeah. Atlantis, but New York underwater. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Mainly because I, I'd like to see like, a man child <laughs> version of of Sean. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking honestly, I think everyone likes pocketable books. So I was thinking maybe something <gasps> that was like very small. Yeah. Very small. Right, a couple inches wide. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> each, and, and I think this could be a one-off sort of thing. You could hand draw each book. None of this digital Ooh. stuff, right? Just, just a. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah. We have a we have a uh, we have a, a little um, a little a group of retired teachers that make us cards. So we have some very small fingers if we need to, you know, sort of make sure that um, you know we can. Right. Right. We've got some manual labor people if we need to to, to make that happen. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Yes. Yeah. Page one, <laughs> once upon a time. Page two, there was a mediocre podcast. Page three, the end. Yeah. <laughs> so that, not a lot of time. Yeah. It was very uplifting. Very yeah. satisfying. And, yeah. And, and Casey, if you could just help wordsmith that better, then we, we boom, right, right there. I think we've got a... We might have a Caldecott winner here. I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to jump ahead here. Um, I've heard Aaron Carl is very worried about this idea um, in that we might kind of, you know, you know, you know, actually, you know who I every time I read one of his books and this is not me knocking him like he's he's great. But every time I read one of his books, I think to myself, I could have done this. Of course, I really, I really couldn't have, but like, I have the feeling Todd Parr. Every time I read a Todd Parr book, I'm like, I could have, I, I could have illustrated that Todd Parr. Right. I could have come up with this great. Obviously I say that tongue in cheek because I actually love Todd Parr. I would love to have a conversation with him. He's very talented. Um, but Matt, do you have any Todd Parr books in your, in your collection? I don't know because we can't get off the baby shark book where you move the mouth of the sharks. Oh yeah. You got to get on Todd Parr. They're like stick figures. They're like, you know, I think we have a couple of those. Things. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's some good stuff. And he's actually, you know, as a counselor, actually he, he has some really great messages, but I do read them and I'm like, mm, I could have done that. I look right. at Cora and the moon and I'm like, I could not have done that. No. Oh, I, <laughs> I shot myself in the foot. So our first book I drew by hand, but I digitally colored this one. I was like, let's do something crazy and watercolor the whole thing from scratch. That was a terrible idea. Oh, just an awful idea. Took me forever. Well, I don't... his illustrative style too, is that he, he matched the, 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 the storybook feel and it gets yeah. more <laughs> cool, but still that took me forever to hand paint that thing. So well, do you still have them? Like the originals? 
yeah, they're all in my basement. So I have a studio in my basement and they're all down there. I still have the sketches in a sketchbook of like OG Cora. Oh, wow. um, I actually posted to our Instagram of like, here's the sketch that I showed Casey and then here's the fully painted page. So, you know, just a little content here. And there. Here's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in Casey's sketches. <laughs> we have I think I put that to Instagram. Too, I think you I, did. Uh, <laughs> like this, this man with noodle arms, what's he doing for a career? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the soccer one. And I was the like, soccer, he's like yeah. flexing while kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a hold that said your face here, you know? So. Now, to be, to be fair, like I, we just met, and Casey, I've got your back because I too flexed when I played soccer right before I would kick, I would flex. So I I get it. I don't even I don't even need to see the picture. I get it. (laughs) But but did you do that when you played college football? Did you know he played college football? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He has uh, like two tackles, I think. Two tackles. I was a kicker. And supposedly I said it like on two two episodes in a row that I played NCAA Division Three. <laughs> Walk just, on kicker. Just with two saying. tackles. Two tackles. I ha- I had the I had the stat correct though. It's two, right? Yeah. yeah. But most most importantly, I was seven for seven and didn't miss. Oh. So take that, Adam Vinatieri and Phil Dawson and everyone Gosh. else. So you're, you're, so you're playing football in college, but then on the weekends, you're skanking at the ska shows? Yes. Well, the skanking is what kept my flexibility up so I could get my leg up that high. Right. Yeah, stretching, obviously. You I know had to what? kick teenagers in the face because they weren't doing it right, and that helped me on the football field. Right. Yes. You know what I'm thinking, actually, Matt, is uh, we need to reach out to DS and the Goat Herders and see if they will make a... Uh, Scalabi. Uh, oh, we should. So, oh. so that's our our house band, actually. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we haven't actually shoot. We haven't even we haven't talked about them in, in a hot minute. I don't even know what they're well, doing right now. They're well, probably well, they've got to be knee, like knee deep in um fair like state fair tours by at this point, right? Yeah, I'll reach out to Trent and Brady. Okay. Now, I have to ask you guys this um, because I think this is important, right? You, you've been able to work so well professionally. Um, well, short term, I think you said, right? Six months or so um, yeah, yeah. In, in the workforce, then work together on these books and seem to like each other as friends. How did you work that out? I think that's an important thing to talk about because we're, we're about parenting and adulting. I can't stand half my friends and I don't even work with them. We don't even talk to most of the time. Oh, I wasn't even referring to I this guy, but yeah, I don't even it. like him. So like, what's, what's, the, what's the trick there for you guys? For me, it's always the, the shared interest and oh, yeah. it was music. Uh, yeah. Like I would come down from whatever floor I was on in right. marketing and he was on. Yeah. The, he the would like, wa- he would like wander up while we were in the, like the creative area and he would like come up and we'd be pouring coffee from like a French press. And he'd kind of be like, Hey guys, how's it going? Like very like <laughs> office space with the, you know, the, the, the guy with the coffee. Mug. Bill Lundberg. Yeah, yes. Yeah, sure. And we were just like, that's the thing. We have so many weird things that we cannot talk to our wives about because they just don't care or don't get us. Like we're both comic book nerds. We're both huge Marvel fans. 
Um, we're both like really into weird, obscure indie music dating back to Lord knows when. Like yeah. I'm very into eighties and, and Scott just saw less than Jake two weeks ago. There you go. Um, so like we're into a lot of the same things that some of our other friends are just not into. So we don't have anyone else to talk to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we talk to each other about those weird things. I think my whole hour long conversation about Kroll. So, you know, <laughs> things like that, that just, Hey, everybody's got to have a person, right? Yeah, that make yeah, I love it. That's Casey's going to be in my wedding. I'm getting married uh, in October, and he's going to be right there. So yeah. Oh, that, congratulations! Awesome. Congratulations! Yeah. yeah. Congrats! I I love to see. Um, I think it's important. First off, like we're we're in daycare. We're going from the second class of daycare down to preschool. And we had the first picnic because the majority of, of all of the daycare has been during COVID. And a mom friend, a, a mom of one of the friends of our son started talking to my wife. And so I'm like, girl, you got to start dating her. <laughs> she texts you. You don't need to wait the 48 hours. You got to hit while it's, I mean, don't be too aggressive. We don't want to look like we're lame parents. Don't scare you know, them off. It's, it's hard to find yeah. new friends yeah. let alone I mean, like you're joking friends. but but for real like making friends as an adult is hard i wish i could just go back on the playground and be like hey man you want to go in the monkey bars yeah oh, sweet now we're best friends it doesn't work like that as an adult right, right. you're not like, hey you like metroid i like metroid don't play on my game boy hey what's up right yeah exactly it's rough because now like you're only going to meet people because you start talking about work and that's yeah. that's not fun but then like Outside of your friends, if you're still close to the core group of friends like post-college, like some have changed, some have moved, it is hard. Like the only reason I met Sean was that his wife came to my spin class and then had like a crush on me. Yeah, and then yeah. in, in terms yeah, of her saying- married, it was like a whole thing. And, I want and, to spin and then it was instructor. Like, like, we're going to work out before the wedding together because we have this hot spin instructor named Matt. And, and like, that's how we met. Yeah, but like it is hard to meet and maintain new friends in a an adult world. And and it, actually, to be honest, um, that I would call like we we've always been friends, but the pandemic for us actually ended up being like a silver lining or like a like a solidifying thing for us, um, because we were like physically close in proximity to each other, and we ended up like just you were like the only person truly the only person except for when i was going through chemo because no one was allowed in the house um whoever came over to my house during the pandemic um and so like that just solidified our friendship in that sort of way so i think it's super cool that like you know you've got those things and and all that stuff on the on the subject of being comic comic book nerds and marvel fans all that sort of stuff how are you feeling about all of the recent announcements from San Diego Comic-Con with oh like all the Marvel stuff? Uh, I was really proud of myself. I didn't wake my kids up in the middle of the night and like, you know, shake them. And be like, ah, you wouldn't believe it. Ah. Because, it, <laughs> you know, for me, like didn't happen until late into the night after they were already in bed and stuff. But yeah, when I woke up, I'm like, oh, you gotta check us out. No, we gotta go YouTube. You gotta check us out. You gotta check us out. So yeah, yeah. The this the uh, Paul H 
Yeah, oh was, my gosh. Oh, the, the announcement. I had to break out my Marvel encyclopedia the other day for my fiance's son because he's like, who's Kang? And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to go deep on this. Kang did this and he was with this. And then I mean, he was like, you know, so much stupid, useless knowledge. I'm like, I'm full. <laughs> I'm full of stupid, useless knowledge. We've only hit the tip, baby. Yeah, like, no <laughs> idea. Like, Who's the Fantastic Four? And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right, well, that's a ridiculous question. I'm not even, well, like, you know, you know who actually is the big comic or the big Marvel nerd in, in our house is my wife. Oh. Um, loves them. I mean, like, I like them, whatever, but, um, big enough that she was like so we're gonna watch all, this was a couple of years ago we're gonna watch all the marvel movies in order in order is chronological it, or in timeline uh in timeline appropriate storyline order okay it took i mean because there's like shoot i don't know off the top of my head. i mean there is a lot of them there are. um and we sure did i mean it took Cause we just, you know, it's not like we were trying like up against the clock or anything. I think we did it over probably nine months, yeah. um, but it was cool. And now there's been more stuff added and all that sort of stuff. And I tell you what, if you've never list or um, watched them in like storyline order, um, it actually makes for a really interesting experience to be like, even if you're not that into it, it's super interesting because you're like, oh, well, like you just notice all these like little sort of things that are, you know, well thought out. Yes. My my fiance. So we started dating in 2019 and her son was, oh, my gosh, I want to say fifth grade. So they missed all the old Marvel stuff. Like they missed that train because he was like into, you know, like, I don't know, Paw Patrol and whatever uh, stuff like that. So we had to go back and rewatch them. And she was like, well, how many are there? And I was like, how many are there? There's like 20. What are you talking about? So we would watch like one a month for a full year because he wanted to really watch Infinity War and Endgame. And I was like, all right, we got to do our homework. You got to buckle up, you gotta, like, <laughs> settle down, and we got to sit and like really enjoy these things. So, yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah. I think the pandemic, we revisited all of those as well because yeah. it was just you know what else we're gonna every do? time another one came out you were like well we got to go back and watch that one like we got to watch thor 2 thor 2 sucks but we got to watch thor because that's when this happened with this and you're like oh my gosh yeah 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 i have nothing to add to this except for when we were in uh venice um this was like kind of our last big hurrah before we were going to start trying um we had to do a gondola it was just like yeah that makes sense you got to, and they were filming scenes for Spider-Man. <gasps> oh, that! Wow, while yeah. we were going through, it was it was absolutely awesome. But see, I thought your announcement was going to be because I just saw on the interwebs this week that um, Ryan uh, Reynolds was saying that Deadpool is going to be the first rated R movie on Disney Plus. Oh yeah. So then I was excited. People to are not happy about that. I was so excited to be a part of this conversation. Then I thought you said Kane. So then I was going to my late 90s, early 2000s, WWE, WWF. And then I was like, yeah, I'm all in because I just watched the A&E special like earlier this year of like the top wrestlers. And then we went this route and I have nothing else to add. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry. We got really, <laughs> There's got time really for <laughs> So I, I have three more days left of my bachelor um week 
So I might have to add a couple of of these. I've gotten kind of out of my way not to watch them. But now I feel as if I should, seeing how three how you three got like super stoked about it. Okay. So to kind of bring things back, we're gonna kind of you know, to like kind of wrap this up, I have a real random question for you. If for me or for them? Uh for them. Okay. Um, and and I want each of you to answer this individually. Okay, same question individually. Someone says to you, <laughs> "We're gonna make Cora um, a feature film." Ooh, who yes. plays Cora? Oh my! And and it could be like someone who's not age appropriate, but you could say like that person, but you know when they were younger, or you know. I'm going to say Linda Carter because I had a weird Wonder Woman thing growing up. So a young <laughs> Linda Carter. We're just going okay. to go weird. We're going all right. weird. All right. All right. I like it. I was thinking somebody like, it's your daughter. So you have to come up with something that's not your daughter. Right. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. The first place my head went was actually, well, my daughter, because her, <laughs> like I was thinking it'd be animated and she'd be oh, doing the voiceover. Oh, it's you know? animated. You went there? Yeah, I went there. That's the way I went. Oh, I was going live. Ooh. He's like, oh, Pixar's going to pick this up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but if it was uh, an actress that I'm, I guess maybe somebody like, uh, somebody like Dakota Fanning or. Um, oh, okay. okay. Guess, the, oh, right. Yeah, but oh. when she was younger. You yeah. Know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abigail Breslin? That's good. That's. Uh, Sunshine. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she's been great too. She's been great too. Yeah. Oh, you know who I was thinking was, uh, oh, what is? I'll have to think of her name. She's a young, um, young British actor, um, not Emma Watson. Although that would be a good one, actually. Emma Watson would be a a, sol- a young Emma Watson would be a solid play for Cora. Um, yeah, that's my one random question as we kind of wrap this up. I like that. That's a good question. Now, if someone wanted to learn more about you guys, about your book, about everything, um, where and how can they find more information? I mean, you can find us on Instagram. We have uh, Cora and the Moon book on Instagram. You can find Casey. I'm at Casey Bowers 80. And I am at Alex M. Clark 78. Um, a lot of stuff on there and you can find Cora honestly through Amazon. You can find it through our publisher, Gen Z publishing. Um, and then our other book, when I grow up, you can find it other places too. And we sell it at local events. So yeah, we're all over the place. Wherever books are sold. sold. Yeah. That's the other thing that's good about Cora is, uh, you can find Cora at some of the local bookstores here in Columbus. So cover to cover, um, Gramercy places like book loft, book loft. Book loft. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. And they all have for it because they can look it up. So if they if mm-hmm. they're right now. Okay, cool. Well, thank you both, um, Casey, Alex, for 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 um, being on with us. Thank you for sharing your story, uh, Sean, the only dude of the podcast. I'll, thank I'll you. make you honorary. It's fine. Thank I you, care, I guess. 
Thank you for making this a great episode. And thank you, whoever you are, wherever you are, and however you're listening, for giving us the gift of your time. We appreciate you supporting the podcast, listening to our stories of our guests, our stories, and putting up with us. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and on MySpace. And until next time, read on, dadass.